find something else. <laughs> so uh, that was it. Filled my way every day with love. That was a good one. I'm thankful for the love of God. Amen. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. Amen. And so it's the love of God that gives us the ability to stand in the house of God. Amen. With a smile on our face. Praise God. Praise God, Brother Rob. You just look very mil military-like this morning, standing straight up. Praise the Lord. I'm thankful for the love of God and the hand of God in our lives. We have much to be grateful and thankful for. I said we, <laughs> we have much to be grateful and thankful for. Hallelujah. And we are so ever grateful for God's love. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 19 and verse number 37. Luke chapter 19, verse 37. We will read from verse 37 through verse number 40. And end on the words of Jesus. So in verse number 37 of Luke chapter number 19, And when he was come nigh... Even now at the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen. You know, some people don't understand why we worship the way that we worship. Here, right here is, is scriptural evidence for why we are boisterous. It's because of all the great things that God has done in our life. It's kind of hard to it's kind of hard to be quiet when God's done great things and this is what they were doing. And they were saying, "Blessed be the king that cometh in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest." And some of the Pharisees from among the multitude said unto him, "Master, rebuke thy disciples." And he answered and said unto them, I tell you that if these should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. I want to speak to you for a few moments here this morning. Hold not your peace. Hold not your peace. Praise God. Lord, help us. We thank you for your greatness and your goodness and we have come today, praise God, to make a declaration of how great and good you are, and this is why we worship you and we praise you and we magnify your great name. We ask that your word would be a strength to us today. We give to you thanks in Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Silence communicates. It is a basic feature of human relationships. Many times we have to interpret the silence of others trying to understand exactly what is meant by it. By its very nature, silence can express a wide variety of things. Usually, it's not hard to interpret the rebellious sullenness of a child and their silence. Sometimes dignitaries use moments of silence. There's different contexts of silence. It's not surprising, therefore, that silence in the Bible expresses a wide range of emotions, attitudes, and states. It reveals to us attentiveness, restraint, respect and awe, deep thought, acceptance of guilt, 
rest after suffering, fear of saying something wrong, even wisdom. More negatively, it can express faithlessness, fear, deep pain, rebellion, defeat or destruction, and supremely death. In all of these cases, we as the readers have to, to supply with the context the meaning of silence, which acts as a metaphor or parable to us. All of these cases reveal it's not easy to pin down one definition of silence, and in some cases it's positive, and in other cases it's negative. George Bernard Shaw made this quote to the negative sense. He said, the worst sin toward our fellow creatures is not to hate them, but to be indifferent to them. On a positive side from a 19th century book, silence is often the best answer to criticism. Sometimes a man's steady, faithful work is his defense. Old Bull, the violinist, was once offered space in the New York Herald to answer his detractors. And he said, I think it is best that they write against me and I play against them. Sometimes the finest argument against one's detractors is a faithful doing of the very best that one can do. It disarms criticism. It wins sympathy. It wastes no time and suffers no loss. Practical doing is ever better than fault-finding or trying to satisfy those that want to censor, and the world knows it. Our goal here today is to express the need for humanity to express themselves through the components of communication to God. We came here to worship God through our voice, through our lips, our tongue, our mouth, our voice. This is something that is healthy, that produces a worship to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We give him glory by what we give to him through our communication, both verbally and non-verbally. Praise God. I showed up today in the house of God because I want to give God praise and let him know I'm here. I'm here in the house of God to give you praise and to give you glory for everything that you have richly done in my life. Why don't we clap our hands and thank the Lord together and make some positive noise of worship. Praise God and praise. Amen. To refrain is unhealthy. This is the knowledge of the psalmist in Psalm 30 and verse number 12. To the end that my glory may sing praise to thee and not be silent. O oh, Lord my God, I will give thanks unto thee forever. There was a determination in the psalmist's heart and life. Amen. It's not going to be for a short period of time. I'm going to praise you forever. I'm going to give you glory forever. Praise God. I'm here giving you praise this week. I'll be here next week giving you praise and the next week. There's not going to be a moment of silence in my life because I've made it eternal determination to give you glory and praise. Hallelujah. There's much scriptural evidence against silence. 
Psalm 13 and verse number 6. I will sing unto the Lord because he hath dealt bountifully with me. Psalm 71 verse 14. But I will hope continually and will yet praise thee more and more. Psalm 71 and verse 23, my lips shall greatly rejoice when I sing unto thee and my soul which thou hast redeemed. Amen. Psalm 145 verse 2, every day, every day I will bless thee and I will praise thy name forever and ever. Every day, every day, every day I'm going to wake up in the morning, praise God, and I'm going to say, this is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. It's a daily experience. Psalm 146 and verse number 1, praise ye the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. While I live, will I praise the Lord. I will sing praises unto my God while I have any being. Amen. I may be on a hospital bed somewhere, praise God, but I'm still going to praise God as long as I've got breath. Amen. I'm going to praise God. Hallelujah. If you've got breath to breathe here today in the house of God, don't be silent when it comes to lifting your voice and giving God praise for every rich thing that he has done in your life. Praise God. I refuse it. I refuse it. Everyone in the world may try to muzzle me and stop me. Praise God. But there is, it's not going to happen because I've got breath to breathe. I've got opportunity and the wherewithal to lift up my voice and say, blessed be the name of the Lord. Praise God. Job said the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. But blessed be the name of the Lord. When he gives to me, I'm going to bless his name. When something is taken from me, I'm still going to bless the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. You may feel like that in the, day, in the house today. You may feel the blessings of God. You've got reason to bless him. Job said there are times when God takes from me. And even in those moments, I'm still going to bless him. Praise God. You may feel like today some things have been taken from you. You know what I encourage you to do from the pages of the scripture? Praise God anyhow. Praise God anyhow. I'm going to receive blessing and things are going to be taken. But blessed be the name of the Lord. Lord. Hallelujah. I'm not blaming it on God. It's life and it's circumstances and there's no getting out of those circumstances. Praise God. This is why you need to live every day full of zest and full of life. Praise God because you don't know when that might be taken from you. Nobody has control of that. Your life is but a vapor. You need to appreciate every day that you wake up and the people that are around you. It's the world that tries to get you into a spirit of ingratitude. You need to look around at people and say, you know what? They may bug me, but I'm glad they're around because when they're not around, I won't have the opportunity of connecting with who they are. Praise God. Bless the Lord every single day. Appreciate the family that you've got. Appreciate the friends that you've got. Appreciate the church that you've got. Appreciate the brothers and sisters that you had. If you don't have them, they're not here. Enjoy the moment while you have breath. Praise God. Amen. Scripture. So a psalmist, he penned many songs about holding not your peace. That is a, that's a phrase that 
is talking about silence. If these are silent, the rocks will cry out. Hold not your silence, but thank God and praise God for every rich thing that he has done in your life. Even at the end of things, in Revelation chapter 4 and chapter number 7, there is discussion about worship to the King of kings and Lord of lords. In one particular place, it says, Holy, 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 the Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. And they all worshiped and praised him. The four and twenty elders fell down before him, threw their crowns before the throne, and said, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things. And for thy pleasure they are and were created at the end of all things in this vision that John has. There are people that are throwing their crowns at the feet of Jesus and they're giving him praise. In chapter number 7 of Revelation, he sees a great multitude that is representative of the church and everybody that is in the church that is shouting with a loud voice saying, Salvation to our God which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. And the angels that were around this throne also fell and worshipped saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. The point I'm making here from the pages of the last book of the Bible is that we must open our mouths to give God praise. There must not be silence, but there should be a vocal expression. Praise God. Clapping sometimes is noise making, and that's okay. The scripture talks about clapping, but sometimes it can be lazy. It requires us to also open our mouth and say to the Lord blessing, praise God and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto God. You got to open your mouth and you got to declare, God you've been good to me. Lord I thank you for the many blessings. I'm coming to you in thanksgiving. I appreciate salvation. I know you're a healer. You got to open your mouth and you've got to declare and say it. Hallelujah. Why don't we do that together right now? Just open your mouth and give God praise. I give to you glory. I worship you, Jesus. I thank you for Calvary and the work that you have richly done. Hallelujah. I magnify you for you have taken me out of the pit. You have removed me from the hand of the enemy and I'm standing before you in the house of God today because of your mercy, because of your faithfulness, because of Calvary and the work of Calvary. Hallelujah. I give to you the high praise today. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, it feels good in the house of God today. <laughs> praise God. When you start worshiping God, you become encouraged in your spirit. Hallelujah. When you start praising God and worshiping God, you become uplifted in the Holy Ghost. Praise God. If you feel down today, depressed today, you need to open your mouth today and to declare that God is good. He's greater than any depression. He's greater than any anxiety and stress. He's my peace. He's my strength. He's my joy. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God.
Thank you, Jesus. Amen. It's healthy to lift up your voice. It's unhealthy to do otherwise. This is what Jeremiah meant when he was speaking in Jeremiah chapter 20 and verse number 9. It was becoming a hazard in his life, and it was damaging to try to keep within what God had done in his life. And so in Jeremiah chapter 20 and verse number 9, he said, Then I said, I will not make mention of him nor speak any more in his name, but his word was in mine heart as a burning fire shut up in my bones, and I was weary with forbearing, and I could not stay. Praise God. I just want to say this here. <laughs> I want to say this here tonight, and it's not to be offensive, but we should know that you're here in church. Praise God. We should know that you're here. shouldn't be a, 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 an attitude or something that is silent to where we, we're not sure if you came to church or not. Praise God. I want you to know that I'm here. Praise God. And I'm worshiping God. Hallelujah. Praise God. There's not silence, but there is worship that is coming from my mouth. There is a damage in silence. It's a psychological, it can be a psychological abuse when you purposely quell, stop, and do not speak, there is a statement that is very true that says if they do not use their hands to physically abuse, then it isn't abuse. And this is not true. This is wrong because through your silence, you can be abusive. When you ignore someone's needs emotionally and make them feel worthless and depressed, and it can cause long-term damage that in many cases that can lead victims to becoming physically damaged and their health to be damaged to deliberately cause harm to someone by using the silent treatment deny a person any emotional care deny them any praise starve them of love affection compliments positive feedback to regularly reject degrade and deny a person of any emotional responsiveness and to ignore a person's needs is mental abuse or known as psychological abuse it is repetitive abuse that that's aimed at controlling and diminishing another person's well-being in order to hurt, punish, harm, or control them. The silent abuser is able to switch himself off or herself off emotionally to the pain and suffering they are causing the victim. And they will deny that they are the problem. And they may even tell others that the other person is the problem. Praise God. This should not be in the house of God. Hallelujah. But in the house of God, there's an uplifting. Praise God. There is an encouragement. When I praise God, I receive love and affection. Hallelujah. Praise God. When I worship God, there is a compliment that comes to me. You are more than a conqueror. Yeah, but I don't feel like it. But God says you're more than a conqueror. You're able to make it. You're able to do it. Praise God. There's a responsiveness in the house of God when I worship him. It's not mental abuse, but God is reaching for me. Hallelujah. He's on my side. If the Lord is with me, who can 
can be against me. Amen. He goes before me. Hallelujah. He brings encouragement to me. Listen to me. The reason why I'm not silent in the house of God is because I recognize he's not bringing abuse to me and silence to me, but he's bringing power to me. He's bringing strength to me. He's bringing encouragement to me. Praise God. Hallelujah. I know everybody is different, but some of you I know you're here, and some of you I'm not sure if you were here or not unless I look really, really good. You need to be consistent in your worship. You need to be consistent in your prayer. Don't pray one week and then you don't pray at all the next week. Get some consistency and balance that says the roots go deep no matter how I feel. I'm going to be in the house of God. You're going to know that I am here. I'm going to pray. You'll know I'm here before service. You'll know that I'm here when we're worshiping. Why? Because I want to make sure that I am not silent. I'm not holding my peace because God has been too good to me. Hallelujah. Let's clap our hands and thank the Lord again. God, I thank you and praise you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. I'm not talking about being outside of decency and order. You understand what I'm talking about. Hallelujah. Every once in a while, it's good to hear somebody say amen and know where they're coming from. Yeah, brother so-and-so was in church here tonight. Brother Darren, I love to see you with your hands lifted. it, It really, really impacts me. I don't hear you verbally, but I see the response of your worship. Hallelujah. You can speak verbally and non-verbally, but we need to know that you're in the house. I said we need to know that you're in the house of God. Praise God. Hallelujah. It matters. Sister Willie, you you, you excite me. I know you're in the back there, but if, if that's how a person on the back row is going to respond, I'll take more people on the back row, Sister Willie. I'm thankful for what God is doing in your life. And when you stand, I can't hear you, but that's, that's a statement. You know what it's a statement of? It's a statement in Sister Willie's life that God has done great and marvelous things. Praise God. Hallelujah. And she's still here. She's coming to the house of God. We need to thank God for that. Praise God. She came some time ago, didn't know who we were, didn't know what God was, but she's knowing more now, and she's appreciating the value of God's anointing and his hand and his ability. Praise God. Hold not your peace. Praise God. Speak it out. Amen. This should not be so in the house of God. Hallelujah. The abuser is capable of closing down all reasonable sense of emotions and turn into a cold heart very fast as he or she withdraws into their own world without any care for their victim's distress. The abuser will behave in society, charming, calm, happy. He will be seen by others as a pillar of society, gentle-natured, helpful, kind, caring, and fool the outside world into thinking he is abused and his partner is the abuser. Some justify this behavior and kid themselves that it is in some way an honorable stance to take. I'm talking about things in relationships 
that's on a secular level. It is, it is absolutely powerful and damaging to be silent and not to communicate. And I'm making that trip that if that's the case in relationships and in a secular setting, it is also the case not to lift up my voice and to be silent in the house of God. This is not a good thing. This is an unhealthy thing, especially in an apostolic church. How's there going to be a move of the Holy Ghost if nobody is speaking? How's there going to be a power that comes down if there is silence? No, we need people full of the Holy Ghost, full of praise and worship and prayer and adoration that sets the tone for God to come in and fill somebody with his spirit. I'm not talking about ignoring somebody briefly to express dissatisfaction. That's different than silent treatment. To ignore someone as a regular occurrence means to punish, hurt, or upset someone as payback or for whatever reason. It is the opinions of experts to see that this is one of the worst forms of mental abuse that exists in human nature. It causes irreparable damage, especially if it is done to a child. It will be something that they struggle their entire life with. You need to be, you need to, you need to give out compliments. <laughs> you need to celebrate that. Don't, don't, don't tell somebody there. Don't, certainly don't tell your children that they are stupid. They'll grow up thinking that they're stupid when they're not stupid. They have value. Praise God. Give out compliments. Celebrate with other people. Smile at people. Don't always be so critical because this is so very, very damaging. It causes irreparable damage to a person's mind and will see the victim's behavior change slowly but noticeably when it's out of control by others who are close to them. The person that dishes out the silent treatment is fully aware of the damage they're doing. They're fully aware that all they need to do is stop, talk, communicate. But they will not. And when they do, it will constantly lead the victim into a false sense of security at leisure. And then they will ignore again. It's a pattern where I give you just a little bit and then I snatch it away through my behavior. God, help us never to give you a little bit of praise and then snatch it away because maybe we don't feel like it this week. Listen, it shouldn't matter what you feel like. Oh, that stung just a little bit, but let me say it again. It shouldn't matter what you feel like because God is bigger than your feelings. It's not ignoring your feelings. I'm not ignoring your feelings. I'm empathetic about your feelings because all of us have feelings. But sometimes I come to the house of God and worship him regardless of what I'm feeling because I know that God is bigger than my problem. He's bigger than my feelings. He's bigger than my difficulties. Why? Because he's God and he's a great God. He's the King of kings and Lord of lords. And so I worship him based on that fact. do this kind of stuff and you did maybe you didn't realize it you need to change that tactic it will destroy relationships it will force division 
and it goes against the teaching of Scripture. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 25 says, Husband, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself, for no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord, the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery. But I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself. And the wife see that she reverence her husband. Jesus Christ did not come to punish us. He did not come to deliberately cause harm. <laughs> he did not come to deny a person any emotional care. He did not come to deny them any praise. He did not come to starve them of love, affection, and compliments. He did not come to take away positive feedback, to regularly reject, degrade, and ignore our needs. I thank God that in the house of God today, there is, there's a spirit of anointing that is not ignoring our needs, but is here to supply every need. He did not come to diminish our well-being in order to hurt, punish, harm, or to control us. He came to breathe life into us. There is a life, there's, an, there's a movement, there is a power that is connected to the Spirit of God. And Jesus has come that he might breathe life into us. Praise God. This is an illustration talking about silence where some folks refuse, whether by choice or neglect, to give God praise. But I want to be here in this pulpit here today, and I want to say publicly that God, no matter what state in my life, no matter how I may feel, whether I may feel like a failure or upside is down, I want you to know that I'm going to make an establishment and a commitment in my life to praise you every opportunity I get in the church, more specifically, but even when I'm not in the church, amen, every so often it's good just to say, Lord, I thank you for everything that you have done. Praise God. Driving down the road when everybody else is going through road rage say Lord it's a good day there's other folks that are having problems hallelujah but I'm not having problems today because of your goodness to me I don't deserve it but I give you praise anyhow I thank you it's good to do that Jesus made a declaration here in our text in Luke chapter 19 and verse number 37 there were those that were excited about his entrance into Jerusalem. And so as he was making his way down the road, riding a colt, they started worshiping him, throwing their coats in his path, saying, Blessed be the king 
that cometh in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees were upset with this, this worship and this noise. And so they said, Master, rebuke your disciples. Jesus said, I tell you that if these should hold their peace, if they are silent, that the stones would immediately cry out. Meaning that if there is silence, then creation will take up the space. Creation will fill the void and the gap. Amen. I'm thankful that God has particularly and spectacularly created each and every one of us and breathed into us the breath of life. I refuse to let an inanimate object do a better job of worshiping than myself. And it's not going to be a tree that's going to out-worship me. Praise God. It's not going to be a rock that's going to outperform in my duty as a constituent in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. I'm not going to hold my peace. I'm not going to be silent. Praise God. But I'm going to lift up a voice as loud as a trumpet and say, Lord, I'm coming to you today with thanksgiving and with praise. I'm joining with the psalmist to say, oh, magnify the Lord with me together. Praise God. Is there a a witness here in the house of God, amen, that will join with me and magnify, make him greater, make him larger, expand how great he already is through everybody else, lifting up their voice and declaring the goodness of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. You can't harm God. Well, I'll just, I'll just harm God by shutting my mouth. You can't harm God that way. Because he's God. You're only harming yourself. Nudge your neighbor and say, you're harming yourself. If you're silent, you're harming yourself. You're not harming God. Praise God. God said, if they won't worship me, the rocks will cry out. But what's interesting is, if you're not going to worship God, God will find somebody to worship. Praise God. You know what? I'm glad, I'm glad I've got a seat in the house of God. I don't want anybody taking my seat. And by, by the way, let me just, let me veer off and chase a rabbit here. If you come to church and there is a guest sitting in your seat, find another spot. Because they're a guest. They don't know you've been sitting there for 15 years. Certainly don't go up to them and say, excuse me, this is my seat, and make them move. Oh, man, I'm really preaching now, huh? <laughs> you say that'll never happen. Oh, yes, it has. Somebody behind where you sit have come to me and say, Pastor, I don't know what to do about this, but I, I actually saw Sister So-and-so move a guest that was here the first time. Don't do that. Praise God. We, we want all the guests we can get in the house of God, okay? We, we, I'll sit on the floor and give them a seat. Because I want them to experience the good things that God has done in my life. Praise God. Amen. But having said that, I'm thankful for the seat that I'm sitting on. Praise God. I appreciate I've got a place. Amen. But I don't want somebody else to take it from me. Therefore, I'm going to worship God and give him everything I've got. Listen, if you're not going to give God full praise and you're not going to do what God requires of you to do and you're just going to be silent, God will find somebody else to sit where you're sitting. There will be judgment on your life because you don't appreciate the 
the value of what God has richly done in your life. Praise God. Hallelujah. That's not going to happen with me. You're not going to take my place in the kingdom of God because I recognize I have great opportunity here. Praise God. You're not going to harm God by shutting your mouth. You know who you're going to harm? You're going to harm yourself. God's declaration is if you won't, someone else or something else will. You can't control God. You're only controlling your own destiny. I need God in my world rather than shutting him out. Praise God. In Acts chapter 4 and verse number 19, when the disciples in the early churches and musicians come here this morning, as they were struggling with difficulties and some persecution, and they were having to make some major decisions in their life, and they were told not to preach anymore in the name of Jesus or speak anymore, or do any more miracles. Can you imagine that? Somebody would actually tell Peter and John that healed a man, stop speaking in Jesus' name. We don't want any more miracles. <laughs> you would think they would say, we want, we don't understand Jesus, but these miracles that he's doing, this is powerful. Praise God. But not them. They wanted silence. Amen. Praise God. Don't be a person that is against revival. Be a person that's for revival. Praise God. The Pharisees looked at Peter and John and said, we don't want any more miracles. We don't want any more revival. We don't want any more expansion of the church. Praise God. We don't need people sitting on pews saying we like everything just the way it is. You know what's going to happen if it's just the way it is? We're going to eventually die. Hello, we're going to eventually die. Well, I like just the people that in the church don't want any more. Well, if no more show up, people start dying. Church starts shrinking. This is what's happening to a lot of denominations. Just preaching in Shafter, there's a thriving church out in Shafter. They had a great group of people that are trying to break through the 80 uh, threshold. And they started in a small building because there was a church in town that has been reduced to very few. And so they gave up part of the property and part of the building. And then something happened in that building. Now they're having church in the main building. There's a thriving church happening in the building. And yet, this church that was thriving at one point has now got an average age of 70 years and probably 30 members. And they show up on Sunday morning and then they show up midweek for a movie night. And, and eventually they're just kind of drifting off. If we're not having revival, we're dying. We're not moving and thriving. We're dying. Praise God. We don't, we don't want that. We don't want silence in the house of God, but we, we want revival in the house of God. Praise God. And so here, Peter and John, here's the people that don't want revival, don't want miracles. And so this was Peter and John's answer. Peter and John answered and said unto them, whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge you. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. It may cost us, but we cannot be silent. We cannot hold our peace because we have seen God do so many. We cannot face shipwreck. Amen. God has called us to greater things and a greater destiny. And we've got to speak of his greatness and his goodness. Praise God. There's a study that has been done in different parts of the world. 
Vancouver Island, in the Pacific off of Vancouver Island, and some other places in Mexico that the International Registry of Sunken Ships has noticed. They're not completely sure as to what exactly is happening or why, but there's some areas of the, the world where there are zones of silence. And it's areas where, where it appears to be acoustically dead. There's no sound that can penetrate into these areas. And because of that, there's no bell or siren that can warn the ships of dangerous reefs. And so the ocean floor is littered with some of these wrecks because there was silence. Don't withdraw from God. Don't retreat into yourself to where you don't see the suffering of others. Don't deny a world that needs to experience God's mercy and strength. In John chapter 12 and verse number 30, Jesus answered and said, This voice came not because of me, but for your sakes. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of the world be cast out. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. This, he said, signifying what death he should die. We use this verse sometimes. You hear, hear people say, if we lift him up, he dwells, he inhabits the praises of his people. In this particular case, he's not talking about praise and worship. He's talking about, he's talking about the cross, and he reveals to them what death he should die by saying, if I be lifted up, he's talking about the cross. If I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. Amen. But as we stand together in the house of God, when you look back in Psalm 22, Psalm 22, there is a prophetic word. The whole Psalm is prophetic, but the writer says, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Jesus is repeating Psalm 22, verse one on Calvary. Why art thou so far from helping me and from the words of my roaring? Oh, my God, when I cry in the daytime, but thou hearest not, and in the night season, and am not silent. But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. So when you link those two things up there together, when people are praising and worshiping God based on what he has richly done at Calvary, there's a drawing is a ministry of his blood and his sacrifice. Amen. We cannot be silent. Praise God. I said we cannot be silent, but there's got to be something within us that projects and proclaims. And in that, there is help that comes through God's drawing. There's care. There's anointing. There's love. There's affection. And someone feels after God, if happily he might be found, though he's not far from each and every one of us. You know, sometimes I fear when we talk about praise and worship, we think that people have to be running and jumping and, and shouting. And somehow that is all that defines worship. But, you know, sometimes it can just be a, a hand that's lifted and a voice that's lifted in praise. Praise God doesn't have to be boisterous, doesn't have to be loud, but it's not silent. It's reflecting on the work that Jesus Christ has done at Calvary. 
and his blood that is still effective and powerful and the suffering that he went through to provide to us what we need. It can be like that. Amen. And in the house of God today at the conclusion of this service, I think it would be very, very fitting. Amen. To end in this manner just by a lifting of the hand and a lifting of the voice and saying, God, praise God. I'm giving to you today worship and praise. I'm not silent in the house of God today, but I'm lifting up my voice to you. Praise God. Come on, that's beautiful. I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That's beautiful. Come on, give him worship. Hold not, hold not your peace. If I don't praise him, the rocks would cry out, Lord, I want you to know today. I'm not a rock. I'm not an inanimate object, but I am one that is so very grateful and thankful for your goodness and your power when and your I ability. Think about the Lord, how he saved me, how he, how he raised me, how he filled me with the Holy Ghost, how he healed me.